there and welcome to episode 66 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to talk about A Feast of Blood. It's the third story from episode 16 of season 2. Uh, the teleplay was to Stanford Whitmore and it was directed by Jeno Swark. And this is a story that was originally based on a short story by Dulce Gray called The Fair Brooch. And I think um, it's fair to say A Feast of Blood probably shows a little bit more the macabre tones of the tale. In the general generic area of costume jewelry, note girl and note expression. Obviously a lady much disturbed by whatever little bauble she has recently been the recipient of. A said sentence improperly ending on a preposition. But this story ending on a much more deadly note than that. We call it a feast of blood. Sheila Gray is a woman who is playing the field. Um, see, Sheila is uh, going out with two men. One is a guy called John, who's um, a far, uh, you know, good-looking man, a young, a good-looking, strapping man. There's also another man by called uh, Henry Malloy, and uh, Henry is um, not uh, as much of a looker, and is. Uh, Slightly, but slightly shady, seedy-looking man. But he is a man with a great deal of wealth. Sheila is very much playing the field in a, a very cynical way. Um, she wants, obviously, to be with our good-looking man, John. But she's using Henry, stringing them along, using them almost as insurance. And um, it is... Uh, you know, slightly unfair perhaps. She She's quite an, an arrogant woman and uh, quite vain. So Sheila is on a date with Henry and um, Henry gives her a rather unusual present. It's a brooch, not the most attractive looking thing. Something that in fact can cling on to her, her coat without the need of a pin. How do you like that brooch? Well, it is very unusual. It's a bodo. Very rare. Kind of mouse. True ancestor of the bat. Bats? I hate bats. It's a mouse, not a bat. Besides, we have all sorts of bats, from our domestic ones to the bats of the caves of India. Look, I will show you something. I am removing the voodoo from its brooch pin. It will stick by its feet to the coat. It has prehensile feet. It will stick to anything, and however much you shake the coat, it will not fall off. You speak about it as though it were alive. Why? How foolish of me. It's at this point during this junction, this conversation, that 
Sheila basically says that she's made a decision and she's chosen John over Henry. Um, that she's not keen on her and um, the mood unsurprisingly turns sour. Henry drives Sheila back but forces himself on her while in the car and Sheila freaks out. Um, says that she would rather die than be with him. And in a slightly more macabre moment, it appears that Henry does in fact agree. So she leaves, walking through the uh, the the through the the a part a bit of parkland in in the middle of what looks like the countryside. Um, and um, the brooch on her coat appears to nip her skin, and she bleeds. She panics, but feels unable to remove the brooch. And not only that, it does that as it now attacking her, but it's growing in size and quickly makes a pipeline to eat and chomp at her throat. Um, we, uh, we we cut to a couple of drunks that seem to find an unusual, like large hedgehog almost, crossing the road, and they finally see the bloody body. Of Sheila, now killed by the by this monster. We cut to a bar where um, Henry has not wasted any time to start talking to another young and beautiful woman who has similar similar traits as Sheila. That she seems to be quite uh, quite vain and uh, quite full of herself. No a point, and uh, it appears that. It is, it's as much to do with this that seems to be attracting Henry to, attracting Henry to women as again he reaches over and adds a brooch to her jacket. Allow me. A token of my appreciation. What is it? I want you to have it. Except a gift from a total stranger? My name is Henry. Now we're not strangers. You have to understand, this doesn't mean anything. Of course. It's just that I am compelled to honor beauty. So what to say of A Feast of Blood, it is uh, brutal in a sense, quite dark, quite comic as well, but also massively daft, I think that's fair to say. Uh, Dulce Gray's uh, short story, which originally featured back in, uh, well it was in 1966 when it was released, is uh, in the seventh pan book of horror stories, is uh, a gory tale, a violent tale. Obviously, one that involves a woman being eaten alive at its as its core shock, and a psychopath that's willing to do it. But Stanford Whitmore and and Jenna Swark are able to instill uh, an element of fun to the proceedings. I think it helps the fact that uh, Henry is played by Norman Lloyd, who. Uh, is uh, well, he he appeared in uh, Hitchcock's Saboteur, 
and um, he also produces produced Hitchcock's um, TV series. So I think um, you know there's an element again of a great deal of fun. I think you know we, we were talking last week about the late Mr. Peddington having that kind of that kind of twisty turn, he quite violent, but also you know a little bit of black humour involved in his storytelling. And I think that's also the case to the Feast of Blood, although this is far more a straight up and down horror tale than uh, a lot of other stories in it. So why is it suitable for TV? Probably because um, the fact that our uh, our brooch, our blood-curdling brooch, what, what they describe as a voodoo, something that is uh, capable of, well, in this case, of, of extracting revenge when the pin is removed from it, is, um, is able to attack uh, a main. But also, I think, I've said in the last couple of weeks that it's, it's quite a Doctor Who effect. And... Um, Sandra Locke, who played Sheila, um, has a tough time, I think it's fair to say, making this particular monster come to life. Um, she does um, ably and uh, enthusiastically battle what obviously is a rather cheap looking prop, but uh, in the end, that's pretty much what it looks like. Funnily enough though, I think um, Swark does the best he can with what, what, what he has. Um, I was going to try and pull uh, a screenshot, funnily enough, from my Twitter feed uh, of the of the body in this, because as you know, like a huh, look at this. But to be fair to Swark, he does manage to to keep the uh, the monster moving, and and when it looms over our poor victim Sheila, and um, you do you don't you know you do you see a lot, but you, you it's 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 crowd it's clouded in darkness. And I think it does work to an extent. Um, Gray says of her time on this, A Feast of Blood happens to be one of my most pleasant memories. I just love Night Gallery. It was a little quirkier than Twilight Zone, and I was a very big fan of that whole genre. The cast and people were looking for anyone with feature credits, and as a performer, it was considered a very special thing to get a role on Night Gallery. I was so deathly afraid of getting typecast, and it gave me a chance to play a different kind of character. I was always very proud of it, and I think that's a fair uh, and you know, uh, a very, very you know very good thing to say about it. It is it is not it is a, a story which does you know have its faults. I mean, for after all, I think we're meant to be in England or maybe Ireland, um, but it's not clear where we are, and obviously the effects. Uh, a little all over the place. Even our small fairy uh, voodoo, when it's it's just a brooch that's being attached to the body, is still nonetheless um, not the best looking thing in the world. It still looks a bit cheap. But on the other hand, though, it's fair to say that this is still a great deal of macabre fun. Oh, it's realistic. So squashy. It's simply enchanting. And you look sweet too. But come along, darling. Come downstairs or Henry will be getting impatient. Okay, very quickly. Um, I've got lots of thanks, but I'm going to do them next week. Um, mainly because I'm kind of rushing to get this episode out. Uh, it's been late. Um, 
if you want to contact me you can do that would be great uh, my private twitter is at orange underscore monkey or you can go to our website www.twilightzonenetwork.com and there is links to our Facebook and our Twitter page and you can also leave any comments on any of the stories that we put up um, that's basically the main hope for everything that we do um, it'd be great to hear any feedback that you have and also speak to people I've, uh, it's, it's been great recently talking to some great people and um, I've got some great stuff I want to put on the website over the next week uh, you can email me as well at chris at the twilightzonenetwork.com next week we've got a new story as well it's the miracle of Camathera if you'd like to uh, if you've got any feedback on that or indeed if you um, if you want to speak to me at all, then please do. But until then, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.